0: Hi everybody, Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson podcast on justthenews.com. I hope you'll check out all the Just the News podcasts. You can go to justthenews.com and see the list of them on the homepage. My new book Slanted is out and it had an incredible first week with so many people looking for clarity on why the news has gotten to the place it is. Order now and have it for the holidays for gifts for free-thinking, inquiring minds. I've been pretty stunned at how hard it is to find news coverage of the election fraud allegations in a place where they're actually described in a cohesive and non-biased sense. That's what we'll do here today. You know that one of my favorite things to do is to try to find information and resources and circulate news stories and viewpoints that powerful interests are trying to suppress or censor. And toward that end, I spent quite a bit of time trying to compile some of the most significant claims of 2020 election miscounts, errors, or frauds because they were really hard to find and they certainly were not easy to find in one place. Maybe you could go to some outlets or blogs and see anecdotal reports, or you could go to some news sources and see one account of something, maybe reference to an affidavit, but it was hard to find in one place sort of a cumulative look at the claims being made so that you can make a judgment as you read them as to whether this amounts to anything potentially significant or not. And what's important as I go through these things is that I'm not on the ground, obviously, in the states that we're going to talk about, When we talk about some of these allegations and I cannot in a first-hand way tell you the truth of the matter whether these allegations amount to anything I don't know about the credibility of some of the people filing declarations sworn declarations under penalty of perjury and so on but the point is from what I can tell there really isn't anybody in the media who has been on the ground in all of these states who can provide some sort of first-hand assessment based on their own investigation, talking to these people and going to the states as to whether the evidence amounts to anything or not. And yet, as you know, some people are blowing it off on the front end. Reporters have been declaring in some cases since right after election night that there's nothing to see, that there's no evidence of widespread fraud. We've talked about this as if the evidence comes up and knocks on the door and presents itself to the reporters or simply declaring because they don't know about it or haven't found it, and by the way, haven't looked, that somehow it doesn't exist or it's not credible to even consider a claim. And I think you're smarter than that. That may be the conclusion that you come up with, but you don't necessarily need to be told that on the front end by people who couldn't possibly know. And I know that some of you would like to hear about what is some of the evidence. And in fact, when some complaints were filed in court, by attorneys acting on behalf of those who said there was election fraud. This would be the likes of Sidney Powell, for example, and another attorney, Lynn Wood. When they filed complaints, Twitter censored at least several that I tried to circulate. They wouldn't let the links be circulated. They somehow have it programmed in where if you try to share them so that people can go to the actual public document and read it for themselves, it's impossible to share it on Twitter. So if you go to CherylAtkinson.com, I've tried to share some of those links and resources, not because, again, that I'm claiming to know the truth of the matter, but because you deserve access to the information if you want to see it so that you can start making some of your own assessments, because I know it's sometimes hard to trust what you see and read in the media. You want to make your own judgments. So let's go through some of what I found there's been a little bit more since I first filed this, and I will be updating at cherylackison.com from time to time, when I can. But let's go over by state some of the biggest claims, and there are links to these documents and declarations at cherylackison.com under the title of "What You've Been Asking For." This is the headline I've made of the piece: a fairly complete list of some of the most significant claims of 2020 election miscounts, errors, or fraud. So let's highlight a couple of them starting alphabetically with Arizona. State officials blamed a data error, but there were quite a bit of conflicting and fluctuating results in one county where it appeared as though 6,000 votes, not an insignificant amount, were kind of going back and forth. It uh, dropped the appearance of Biden's lead by 6,000 votes and then that number got posted back again. And again, state officials said it was just a data error and the media kind of brushed it off. But when I look at that, I say, if we have caught one mistake, even if they say it didn't amount to anything, but there was some confusion over 6,000 votes, it indicates the potential for possible problems there. In California, which is not a swing state, I only mention this because this was again, a significant number. Two men have been charged with voter fraud in California, after they allegedly submitted more than 8,000 fraudulent voter registration applications for homeless people. This occurred, according to prosecutors who have made the arrest, between July and October of this year. That's in California. In Georgia, quite a bit of anecdotal evidence and some statistical analyses you may have heard about. There's a statistical analysis that claims to show Biden pulling from behind, in improbably consistent increments, not only in Georgia, but other states, too. And here's how the analysts put it. Quote, on Wednesday, November 4th, the New York Times reported President Trump was leading in Georgia by 103,997 votes. Pretty big number, 103,000. Then this goes on to say the Times continuous voting updates showed ballots arriving for Biden. In multiples of approximately 4,800 votes over and over again. In some of the vote dumps this analysis says President Trump actually somehow lost votes and this continuation according to New York Times data that was analyzed this continuation of 4,800 vote increments approximately for Biden continued until Biden pulled ahead by almost exactly 1,000 votes, gaining 104,984 votes in multiples of approximately 4,800. So let me go over that one more time. When this started, President Trump was leading in Georgia by 103,997 votes. When this dump of votes subsided, then Biden was ahead by 104,000. 984 votes almost by exactly 1000. You can look at this for yourself in that page on my website where it purports to show the New York Times data as it was posted with a time step stamp next to it and the date and it shows the number of votes gained for whom in what time period and by what amount. Okay, another claim in Fulton County, Georgia, All 900 military ballots, this is an accusation, went for Joe Biden. All 900 military ballots went for Joe Biden. The 100% military vote rate for Biden seems improbably in conflict, according to accusations, with the 2016 split, where Trump reportedly won the overall military vote 60% to 34%. Now, this is all according to Attorney Lynn Wood, who says it's very improbable, uh, short of fraud, that 900 military ballots in Fulton County would all go to Joe Biden when the typical split is something like 60, 40 percent for Trump, at least it was in 2016 when it came to military votes. Another part of the lawsuit filed by attorney Lynn Wood, which you can read and see a link to at my website, CherylAckeson.com, Another allegation says, on election night, Georgia officials suspended the vote count, citing a water leak in a master pipe. They said they had to stop counting. You know, the votes were stopped, or the count was stopped in several states, in fact. But in this case, they cited a water leak in a master pipe. When Republican observers left for the pause in counting, according to these allegations, thousands of votes were counted exclusively for Joe Biden. And when people inquired about that leak, there was no work order for any leak, according to the lawsuit. The only reported leak that night that occurred was a small leak in a toilet that, quote, had nothing to do with a room with ballot counting. So the implication of this lawsuit is that a pipe break or a leak of some kind was either manufactured and or falsely blamed so that vote counting could be stopped and perhaps tampered with in... Georgia. Here's another allegation. Election workers in Georgia put masses of ballots in the wrong stacks and blocked Republican observers. This is a group of allegations that came from Republican observers. There were suspiciously pristine, pre-printed-looking ballots. Thousands of voters registered at specific fraudulent addresses that have been found. 20,311 absentee or early votes were cast by people who were registered as having moved out of state. 96,000 votes were illegally counted for Biden. Absentee ballot signatures were not properly matched. That's all contained in Attorney Sidney Powell's lawsuit in Georgia. The lawsuit also states that Dominion voting machines allowed for manual manipulation of vote tallies and alteration of settings to put ballots into a question pile where they could then be deleted. That's again in the Sidney Powell lawsuit in Georgia that you can read at my website. Let's go on. Also in Georgia, attorney and registered Democrat Carlos Silva says he observed what he called widespread fraud in several precincts always benefiting Biden. At one precinct, he said, a stack of absentee ballots had perfectly filled out black bubbles, And as poll workers went through the stack, he heard them call out Biden's name, he said more than 500 times in a row, without a single vote for Trump. At a second precinct, he said he observed similarly filled in black bubbles for Biden on absentee ballots, and that poll workers moved him away from his observation position. He says he observed absentee ballots for Trump being counted for Biden, he says the required signature verification process was not being followed and that thousands of those perfect bubble ballots were for Biden with no state or local candidates selected, implying that it's suspicious to have so many people voting for Biden but not caring about anybody else down ballot. And these claims were filed by Carlos Silva in a sworn declaration. Continuing in Georgia, government data indicates quote, well over 100,000 illegal votes were improperly counted, while tens of thousands of legal votes were not counted. That's according to the Thomas More Society's Amistad Project, which has filed litigation questioning more than 200,000 Georgia ballots. I believe they have additional claims, and I will try to sort through them and add them to this resource as soon as I can. There's a lawsuit claim that Georgia Governor Brian Kemp illegally authorized election officials to open the outer envelopes of absentee ballots three weeks before the election, which is prohibited by state law, according to the lawsuit. There is a Project Veritas video that claims observers heard votes for Trump being counted for Biden, so that's another claim similar to one that was made earlier by somebody else. Some voters who requested a mail-in ballot but instead decided to vote in person on election day, were supposedly denied the chance to vote in person, according to a witness. The witness also said many such voters were denied the opportunity to cast what they call a provisional mail-in ballot on election day. This witness also says signatures on mail-in ballot envelopes weren't verified during a recount, and some counties didn't recount ballots by hand, in properly using machines instead, it's supposed to be a hand recount. One observer said he saw a batch of ballots that was suspiciously pristine, almost all of them for Biden, and quote, there was a difference in the texture of the paper, again implying that maybe these are fraudulent or faked ballots. At a Milton, Georgia precinct, poll workers were supposedly asked to sign a chain of custody letter. A day and a half before the voting machines arrived, according to a witness. In other words, they're supposed to vouch for the chain of custody of the machines, but they were asked to sign and approve it before the machines even got there. This witness also says the voting machines were not sealed or locked as required and that the serial numbers didn't match up properly. One observer described many batches of ballots in which every single vote was for Biden and he says he saw that the watermark on some ballots differed from the rest. Again, implying that there are batches of ballots that don't look like the others, that maybe somebody stuck in there that are not valid. You can read these declarations and more about these claims. Again, at my article at com. Going on with Georgia, more than 1,000 earlier absentee votes were cast by people whose registered addresses are at post offices, UPS. And FedEx willfully disguising their box numbers as if they were apartments or units, etc., in violation of state election law. That's according to Matt Brainerd, who is a former data and strategy director for President Trump's 2016 campaign, and he included a sample of 15 of the address entries that were improper in one of his tweets on November 24th on Twitter. There are allegations that the hand recount in Georgia was not legitimate because pro-Trump observers were not allowed proper access. That's according to multiple observers. Again, this is a repeat theme that Republicans or Trump supporters claim that they're not allowed to see what's going on, even though they're required under the law to be allowed to see. They also say some votes for Trump were placed into piles for Biden, that some ballots from the no vote or Jorgensen candidate trays, Jorgensen being the independent, were moved into the Biden tray, according to one witness, implying that votes were counted for Biden or put in Biden's pile when they were not for Biden. And a recount monitor flagged a 9,626 vote error in the hand count in DeKalb County in Georgia. That's according to the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, who filed a sworn declaration. How did that shake down? Well, one batch of votes supposedly showed 10,707 votes for Biden and 13 for Trump. But the true count wasn't 10,000 for Biden. It was 1,081 for Biden and 13 for Trump. So again, an error of 9,600, more than 9,600 that favored Biden originally And two official counters had supposedly signed off on the miscounted batch. You can read the affidavit that makes that claim and other information. There was a post-election audit and recount in Georgia that discovered thousands of uncounted ballots, most of them for Trump, two weeks after the election. There were 500 of these in Walton County, Georgia, 2,600 of these uncounted ballots in Floyd County, Georgia, and 2,755 in Fayette County, and that discovery, when finally counted, cut Biden's lead in Georgia by more than 1,400 votes. In one county, 3,300 votes were found after the election on memory sticks that had not been loaded into the central vote tally system, and there are no procedures, according to a lawsuit, to ensure the security of these USB drives that are reporting vote tallies, again, according to a lawsuit, Georgia election officials allegedly intended to alter or wipe machines that needed to be examined for possible fraud, and a judge granted Attorney Lynn Wood's emergency request to preserve the machines as they are, at least for a few days, while other motions are considered. This happened Sunday, November 29th. right that's georgia after a short break we'll move on to some of the other states where alleged mischief miscounting or fraud occurred we're back and we're continuing our look at some of the most significant claims of election miscounting and fraud in various states going state by state now in idaho There were some live online election results posted by Associated Press at the time, which appeared to show some kind of glitch, because if you look at them, Trump seemed to lose 6,000 votes in Idaho in a span of about two minutes. Let's move on to Michigan. There is a lawsuit there filed by Sidney Powell, and you can see that posting at CherylAckison.com under this page that I'm reading from but forensic analysis by a former military intelligence analyst alleges proof of foreign interference and or access in the election. And it shows that the company Dominion's voting machine server allegedly connected to Iran, China, and Serbia. Also, the analyst says records show Hong Kong Shanghai Bank became collateral agent for Dominion Voting Systems That was on September 25th, 2019, so about a year before the election. I don't know the significance of that. I'm just saying that allegation is in the lawsuit that connects activity that could be suspicious to foreign countries. And the declaration about all of this is contained in the Sidney Powell lawsuit, and it includes some interesting screenshots and a summary of the evidence, all can be found at the links that I've posted. In Detroit, Michigan, there's a worker named Jesse Jacob who stated in a declaration that she witnessed and was instructed to backdate thousands of absentee ballots the day after the election to make them appear legal, even though they had not arrived by a required deadline and were not in the qualified voter file. She also testified that leading up to Election Day, Detroit poll workers skipped voter ID checks. You can read her declaration, which is included in the link. Wayne County Board of Canvassing member William Hartman, a Republican, this is in Michigan, says in a sworn declaration that Michigan's largest county certified results, knowing, though, that there were massive discrepancies between the approved voter files and the ballots cast and counted in Detroit. 71% of Detroit's 134 absentee voter counting boards were, quote, left unbalanced and many unexplained, he said in a statement, and he also said birth dates in voter ID files were altered. In an Oakland County commissioner race, the incumbent Republican Adam Cochenderfer was told that he lost the race, but a later review determined he actually won. I mentioned this because if something this seriously wrong can occur, again, it just raises a legitimate question of Have we caught all the mistakes? What else could be going on? The director of elections blamed this mistake that called the wrong winner on what he said was a computer issue that caused Rochester Hills to incorrectly send in results for, this is how they explained it, to send in results for seven precincts as both precinct votes and absentee votes when they should have only been counted once as absentees. And the difference in that Meant the difference in who won. Again, the Republican was told that he lost, but a later review showed that he actually won. Back to the presidential race in Michigan, results were reversed in Antrim County after it first appeared that Biden had beat Trump in a landslide by 6,000 votes there. Michigan officials later blamed user error for these incorrect results and declared. Yes, Trump actually won the county, not Biden. The state blamed an Antrim County clerk that they said failed to properly update software used to collect voting machine data. Again, it's um you have to under- figure out why software would need updating to properly collect voting machine data and why it wasn't updated if that was a requirement, why it needed updating. A lot of questions potentially there. And the only reason this information got a second look is because people who know the county thought that that initial supposed Biden landslide of 6,000 votes seemed unlikely. Then again, when explaining all of this and sorting it out, officials said that the mishap never actually affected the totals. You can read more about how that could be and what that's all about at a link I have on my website. Let's move on to Nevada. Nevada. The Trump campaign claims that gift cards and other incentives given away in a get-out-the-vote effort aimed at Native Americans was illegal. However, the organizing group says it is not illegal. Republicans say they identified several thousand voters who appeared to have cast ballots after they moved from Nevada. The Voter Integrity Project says that 8,443 people who voted in Nevada did not meet the legal residency requirements. Okay, on to Pennsylvania. More allegations here. Ballots of approximately 1,400 voters, illegally listed postal facility addresses as residential. We heard that earlier in a different state. This is according again to Matt Brainerd of Trump's 2016 election campaign. He says large percentages of registered Republicans also say they voted absentee, even though the state data indicates they didn't. Then there's another statistical analysis of New York Times data, like what had occurred in Georgia. And this data in Philadelphia claims there was a suspicious string of voting ratios benefiting Biden by 11 p.m. on Election Day. Here, Trump was leading Biden in Philadelphia by about 285,000 votes. Again, Trump ahead. And then 347,768 votes from somewhere were dumped into the system in 44 batches in increments quite neatly of approximately 6,000, 12,000, or 18,000 additional net votes for Biden. So as a result, Biden came back from an election night deficit of 285,000 to a win by 46,000 votes four days later. That analysis and the New York Times data is published at links and screenshots at my website. 1.8 million absentee ballots in Pennsylvania were mailed out for the 2020 election, but 2.5 million were counted. That's at least according to testimony that was provided at a Pennsylvania state hearing. Again, they claimed that there were 1.8 million absentee ballots mailed, but somehow 2.5 million counted. One incident recorded on video indicates that somewhere, it's sort of unclear where this happened, but 2,600 to 2,700 votes were not initially counted somehow. And the explanation kind of given on the fly was that the ballots didn't transfer over like they should have. The voting machine company Dominion, at least some workers from Dominion, appear to be on site in this video troubleshooting, but nobody could or would explain exactly what was going on. You may know that on November 20th, Dominion Voting Systems executives canceled a planned appearance at a state hearing and then registered Republicans in Pennsylvania, requested 165,000 412 ballots that ultimately were not returned or counted. A statistical analysis determined that up to nearly 54,000 ballots were improperly requested by someone other than the registered voter in Pennsylvania and sent to people who did not request them, and also that Republicans mailed up to nearly 45,000 ballots that ultimately did not get counted. You can read that analysis how they arrived at those numbers. There's a poll-watching attorney in Pittsburgh named David Shostokas, who claims that observers were kept from observing the ballot tabulations, alleging the ballots are therefore illegal. That is a common refrain now, as you know. There were 47 missing USB cards at one point, according to a poll worker. USB cards with votes and tallies and information on them. Let's move along to Texas. A social worker at the MEXIA state supported living centers in Texas is charged with illegally submitting 67 voter registration applications for people who have intellectual and developmental disabilities without their signatures or their meaningful consent, including some who are not eligible to vote at all because they are totally mentally incapacitated. And finally, let's take a look at some of the allegations in Wisconsin. Elections officials twice found batches of missing ballots in voting machines, stuck in the machines. There is a disability service coordinator who works with adults in assisted living facilities and group homes. This is in and around Milwaukee. And this person said that every one of her more than 20 clients told her that they were either pressured to vote for Biden or had a vote cast for Biden before they ever had a chance to see their ballot. The implication here as was in the previous state we mentioned that sometimes people are being taken advantage of or their votes are kind of being stolen from them because they don't have the mental capacity to uh, make these decisions themselves, and people who know that are collecting their votes. There were illegally altered and illegally issued absentee ballots, and government officials gave illegal advice to voters. That's according to a Trump campaign filing. The Trump campaign is questioning an estimated 238,420 ballots from two counties, Dane and Milwaukee, where election clerks filled in missing information on the certification envelope of a ballot, where voters declared themselves indefinitely confined, and roughly 69,000 absentee ballots cast in person before election day. They're also being questioned. Now, Mind you, these are significant numbers because Biden won Wisconsin by just about 20,000 votes. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of questioned votes here. And there was a suspicious spike in voters registering as indefinitely confined, according to allegations. This status allows them to be exempt from presenting a photo ID to vote. Year to year, the number of voters calling themselves indefinitely confined increased in Wisconsin 238%. The year before, that number was about 72,000 people, but for the 2020 election, that number grew to 243,900 people. Nearly 400 absentee ballots that were not initially counted were later found. Officials blame human error for that. And a trickle of votes that had Trump in the lead all night suddenly shifted when 170,000 votes, 5% of the total state count in Wisconsin, came in one giant dump that was 17 times larger than the average. Before the dump, Trump was ahead by 108,000 votes, but he fell behind 9,000 votes a split second later. And then lastly, I want to talk about just a couple of allegations about the Dominion voting machines this doesn't cover all of them, but here's a summary of some of the most important claims that I came across. Dominion machines can be altered to manipulate tallies in just a few minutes using malicious code. That's according to Princeton professor of computer science and election security expert, Andrew Apple. A ballot can be spoiled or altered by the Dominion machine because the ballot marking printer is in the same paper path as the mechanism to deposit marked ballots into an attached ballot box that's according to a study by university of california berkeley the voting machines are susceptible to hacking or remote tampering because they're connected to the internet even though they're not supposed to be according to a lawsuit that says if one laptop was connected to the internet the entire precinct was compromised there is evidence of remote access and remote troubleshooting which presents a grave security implication, according to a Finnish computer programmer and election security expert, Hari Hursti. His declaration also claims that the activity logs of the voting machines can be overwritten by hackers to erase their steps. Let me deviate for a moment. When the government spies uh, intruded on my computers while I worked at CBS and got into the CBS computer systems that way, Our forensics showed that they came in once we discovered this and overwrote their steps. They were able to erase the logs. Now, fortunately for us, we had really good forensic folks, and the act of erasing the logs itself leaves tracks and clues and evidence, which we were able to look at in my case. But it sounded a little bit familiar when I heard that the activity logs of voting machines can be overwritten by hackers to erase their steps. And Dominion machine operators can change settings to exclude certain ballots from being counted. This is another allegation. The ballots can be put in a separate file and deleted quite simply, according to Ronald Watkins, a software and cybersecurity expert who reviewed the Dominion software manual. He also said that the final vote count involved machine operators copying and pasting the results folder onto a USB drive a process he calls error-prone and very vulnerable to malicious administrators. So with that, you get sort of at least an overview of some of the main or most significant claims of election miscounts, errors, or fraud. And there's quite a bit. That's that's not everything. But this overview can maybe give you a better picture of, was there widespread fraud, do you think, Looking at these allegations, were there a lot of anecdotes that show sporadic fraud or miscounting or sloppiness in a lot of different places? Does it amount to much? Does it matter? Is it significant? Is it just a small slice of what happened, what people have been able to identify and find out and allege? Is there a lot more that we don't know? Is this something that happens with every election? So these are things that you can think about and research for yourself as we move forward and you question, as a lot of people do, the media reporting about this election. Sometimes it seems like journalists do not have their normal, rational, logical skepticism when it comes to the most unusual election we've ever had in history, at least as far as I'm concerned, where one candidate appeared to be far ahead on election day, and then as the votes were counted a massive amount of votes counted after the fact, then the other candidate pulled ahead. And during that time period, allegedly observers were not allowed to see. Votes were paused and stopped. And there were votes hidden or votes that were stuck in machines or votes that were discovered much later or USB drives that were missing that had votes on them or votes tallied for the wrong candidate and later fixed. How many things like that may have happened that we didn't discover? Again, I don't have the answers, but certainly you deserve to be able to look at this information if you want to. And too often I think the media is not reporting it. They're reporting in a one-sided fashion, deciding on the front end, even though they couldn't possibly know what the truth is, deciding on the front end what the truth is or what they think it is and what you should and shouldn't know and where we should go from here. So I hope this has been interesting and perhaps enlightening to you as we cover this story. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Atkinson podcast and my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours and all of the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. And don't forget to check out my new book, Slanted, How the news media taught us to love censorship and hate journalism, it explains a lot. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.